Welcome to Bible Study with the BWE Ministerial Team. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Sit back and listen and learn and be blessed. Thank you for joining us. Well, good evening, and we thank you for joining us for Bible Study, BWE, and we have a blessing for you tonight. We are so honored and blessed to have our own overseer, Apostle Dr. Oscar Valdell Underwood, amazing man of God, educator for many years has his own um, Bible college, Cornerstone Christian Bible College, and Cornerstone Day School. He is a pastor and a father, a grandfather, an awesome man of God, and a blessing to the body of Christ. So I'm not going to hold up any longer. just want to take the time to say um, good evening, Apostle. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and it's great to be with my BWE and uh, affiliate family. Well, we are excited about what the Lord is going to do through you tonight. And I'm with that, I'm going to turn it over to you and let God have his way. Thank you. It is uh, certainly an honor uh, to be used of God tonight um, with the family. The Lord is asking a question, and, he, and this has been in my heart for uh uh, last couple of months, it is so important, even though we walk by faith and, uh, and, and never, ever by sight, yet in the spirit realm, when God speaks a word to us, he, he, he opens our spiritual eyes and allow us to see what ordinarily we would never, ever be able to see. And thus, and by his word, he aligns us to be able to walk with him through that which otherwise would be impossible. So it's on my heart tonight that, that, that uh, we go together to Jeremiah 1 and spend some time there tonight as the Spirit of God does an exegesis and, and just bring the truth out of the Word of God, out of the locals of God that we might understand what the heart of God is concerning that incredible purpose and plan that he has decreed over all of your lives. So, Father, we thank you tonight for this moment, Lord, to sit, Jesus, at your feet, for you, Holy Spirit, to impart to us wisdom for the journey, to impart to us revelation and impart to us that which we need to know in order to fulfill the elevated assignment that you have given to each of us. We pray for Dr. Jackie King and, and the BWE, BME, and all of the, all of the rest of, of the affiliates as part of that incredible family. We pray for all of those who are listening tonight, including uh, many from the, the Destiny Dome Embassy at Cathedral of Praise, we thank you for your love, Lord, and 
We're ready for you just to speak to us, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that we'll never, ever be the same. So, family, as we go to Jeremiah 1, I'm going to begin with verse 4. And God is asking tonight, he's asking me and he's asking each of us in the body of Christ, what do you see? What do you see? And the context for that question begins with verse 4, Jeremiah 1 and verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you to the nations. But listen to verse 6. Then said I, Jeremiah speaking there, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am only yet you. Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, say not, I'm only a you. For you, Jeremiah, shall go to all to whom I shall send you. And whatever I command you, Jeremiah, you shall speak. And then he goes on to verse 8, and God says, be not afraid of them. For he says, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth. Verse 10. See, 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 the Lord says, I have this day, Jeremiah, appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And listen, beloved family, to verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And that's what we're going to deal with tonight. Jeremiah, what do you see? He's asking each of us as believers, because he has given all of, the, all of us, all of you, my family, an incredible purpose that must be expressed and an incredible elevated destiny that his glory needs you to fulfill. But sometimes in life, the labels that our circumstances have put on us or those who did not know us, did not know you, saw you at one point in your maturation process, saw you at three or four or five years old, and labeled you with names that often began to be the framework by which you knew yourself. But you see, when God chose you for the purpose that he assigned to your life, he saw you through his eyes through the blood of Jesus, for the calling that was entrusted to you. So he's getting ready now to let Jeremiah understand what I've called you to do is greater 
than how you see yourself. What I've assigned to you to do, Jeremiah, and the many, many that shall be blessed by you, was not dependent on you, Jeremiah, but dependent on God and God's purpose and plan being fulfilled by God's own faithfulness to that purpose and plan. I hear the word of the Lord saying, even when we get confused or sometimes just outright rebellious and 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 don't do what he said, he said, yet I remain faithful concerning what God says he's assigned to our lives and that even though we don't remain faithful, he remains faithful and he is determined and committed to bringing that initiative to pass. Verse 11 again, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah said, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Remember in verse 4, when the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and the word of the Lord said to Jeremiah before, in verse 5, before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, I knew and I proved of you. Before your mother, Jeremiah, knew you. Beloved, before our families knew us, before your babysitter got to babysit you, before your elementary teacher got to meet you and assess your ability, before you even really knew yourself. God says in Isaiah 46 and 10, I called the end from the beginning. God says, I never, ever begin until I'm done. He said, when I... When, when, when I made you, Jeremiah, when he made you, beloved, he said, I knew what I wanted, and I, 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 I walked that out to the end, and I spoke you into existence, and I ordered your steps so that even when you fall, I had already built into that process the grace for you to get back up again, and that blood that Jesus shed on Calvary and his redemptive work that speaks better things concerning each of you than you could ever speak concerning yourself. But yet the Lord tonight is asking because destiny is calling, purpose is calling, and he's asking tonight, what do you see concerning what what the Lord has spoken over your life? What do you see? Are your circumstances confusing your faith? And they will. I've had many battles in my life with and experiences with that, that you can get in the heat of a challenge and a circumstance, especially in a wilderness season where it seems like, you know, you're, you're putting them in the, in the time, but you're seeing little or no progress, that wilderness, that, that dry season, that desert place, but even in those times, what I've discovered and what obviously Jeremiah discovered, when the, the, when the circumstances seem as if they will block and oppose, God has spoken concerning us, yet in those desert times, those desolate times, our faith is instructed to yet see our situation through the word 
that God has decreed over our lives. God says nothing is impossible to those who believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. When the circumstances and the challenges are so formidable, and it looks as if there is no way at all, you begin to argue with yourself and you say, well, I know God said he was going to do this in my life, but that was back then. And, I, and since then, I've gone through all of this, and I've gone through that, and I've gone through, through, through this challenge and that challenge. And, and you've come to a place where, where, where you, you look at yourself and you say, but I don't see how, how this can happen. Jeremiah said, Lord, I can't do this. And he began to rehearse all of his limitations. And God says, put the limitations aside. Because in the end, God says what he has spoken concerning each of us. In the end, if we simply choose to rehearse what he said, not how it looks to us, but simply rehearse what God said, God says in the end, what I have spoken shall come to pass. Be thou faithful unto death. Keep pushing, keep pressing, no matter how painful the journey may be, no matter how dark your night may appear. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, the darkest part of the day, after Jesus had sent the disciples to the other side, instructed them to get in the boat. When they left shore and route to the other side of destiny, the other side of the assignment, there was no storm. But storms have a way of popping up to try to confuse your, as you're journeying and route to that place of destination where God has instructed you to go, that next level of the call in your life, that next stage, that next dimension that next room of your purpose, that next initiative. And it seems as if before you left shore, everything looked like smooth, clear sailing. But in the middle of the journey, just when you thought that you were making progress, a storm came out of nowhere like it did with Peter and the other apostles. And Jesus knew that the storm would try to prevent their progress. So the Bible says he came to them in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock, he came to them walking on water, thought it was a ghost out there walking on the water, and they screamed. But Peter heard him say, do not fear, be of good cheer, be of good courage. And so Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me, give me permission to come to you on the water. I see the water, I see the waves, I hear the wind. Peter was saying, I 
I, I know it's water, and I know no human being is supposed to be able to walk on top of that, but I see you doing it. You see, there's something about seeing our situation through the eyes of God and his word, through the eyes of his grace, through the eyes of his incredible mercy, through the eyes of his faithfulness to his word, through the eyes of his omnipotent power, his omniscient, all-knowing, his omnipresence, that he's everywhere with us, even when it seems as if we're there by ourselves. There's something about seeing that circumstance and that challenge through the lens of the blood of Jesus, the lens of the word of God, that will cause us to recalibrate and step out in the midst of what looks like can't handle. Because God, like he did with Peter, Jesus told Peter that night when Peter asked, if it's you, Lord, give me permission to walk on this water and come to you. And Jesus said to him, exercise your faith, son. Come on. And the Bible says Peter walked on water to Jesus. Aren't there many times in your life where you've looked back at something that God has brought you through. And as Mahalia Jackson said, your soul looks back at those times and wonder, Lord, how did I make it over that thing? It was him. And thus he said to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1, for those of you who are just tuning in or calling in, Jeremiah 1 verse 4 is where we started. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you. He said, Before you even knew yourself, I said, Jeremiah, you're fine for the assignment. You're fine. I have equipped you with everything you need, Jeremiah, to be everything ordained, to have everything you need in order to give me glory, to go everywhere I send you. But if we read on, Jeremiah and the environment that he had been raised in and the environment of of those who didn't see him the way God saw him, and thus he began to be confused as to how he saw himself. So in verse when God says in verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, Jeremiah, I set you apart, consecrated you, appointed you for myself as a prophet to the nations. But look at the confusion. Verse 6, the Bible says, then said I, Jeremiah said, then said I, Ah, Lord, God, exclamation mark, God, you can't ask this of me. Don't you see that I'm just a youth? I'm not mature enough in that area. 
I don't have that. I don't see that gift operating. I don't see how I could do that. Verse 6 says, Then I, Jeremiah says, Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am only a youth. But listen to the stern instruction, loving but stern instruction that God gave him in verse 7, and he's given it to you. Concerning that book that's still in you that you say you say you can't write, or that business that is still in you that you say you can't start, or you cannot start again, or that thing, that dream that God has put in the core, heavy in your belly, that you can't seem to shake, but every time you get close to stepping out on what looks like the impossible and obeying God. You have a Jeremiah moment, choice, because you look at all of your imperfections and all of your failure, all of the past and the shame and the, and, and the pain and the rejection and the abandonment and the abuse, even that which we sometimes do to ourselves because we don't know ourselves as God know us. Let me tell you something. The fact that you came through what you've been through means that what's waiting for you is greater than anything that you had to go through. He said your latter shall be greater than your former. The reason it could not stop you is because your purpose and destiny were too great for God to allow that thing to alienate you and separate you from the assignment on your life that would give him the maximum glory that you were created to give him. So Jeremiah had a Jeremiah moment, and all of us have those moments where we look at the assignment in front of us. The Spirit of God rehearsed the assignment in our hearing. He begins to give us commercials in our seeing when our defenses are relaxing and they're not on guard, trying to keep us imprisoned in the mediocrity that the enemy wants to be our destiny when we know that we were created to give God more glory, to reach beyond ourselves more to help others, and for God to show us more of who he made us to be. And then the Jeremiah moment comes where we want to argue with God and say, God, look at all the reasons why I can't do that. And God is so faithful as he answered Jeremiah, he answers us. Verse 7 says, but the Lord said to me, Jeremiah said, say not. I'm only a you. For Jeremiah, you shall go to all whom I shall send you. Ever I command you, Jeremiah, you will speak. Because Jeremiah, it's my anointing on you that will cause you to do what your natural man on its own could never do. And then he goes on again in verse 8. 
Jeremiah, you don't have to be afraid of them, their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand, Jeremiah said, and touched my mouth, the place of my limitation. See, God is not concerned about whether or not your limitations will let you complete the assignment that he has assigned to you. He knows that his grace is sufficient. His grace will take care of that limitation. His grace is what will make the difference. All we have to do is to learn how to rest in the promises of God. Abide in Jesus and let the word that he's spoken concerning us and over us abide in us. And he said, then we can ask whatever we will. And he said, it shall be done unto us. That Jeremiah moment that all of us have experienced. The moment when our circumstances went to try to confuse our faith. That Jeremiah moment when the challenges have the nerve to try to prohibit the faithfulness of God from manifesting in your life. That's why I love that hymn, We Come This Far By Faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. And as we look back, we lift those hands and lift our heads and we say, He's never failed me yet. Oh, oh, oh. Can't turn around. Can't go back to the place of that Jeremiah moment before you saw the glory of God, before you saw God part the Red Sea in your life, and you go across with water on both sides of you, but you're walking on dry ground. You look back. And you say, I can't go back to that. I can't turn around. I've got to push on and press on, keep going forward, fulfill the assignment that God entrusted. Why? Because if God, beloved, thought enough of you and me to give us the assignment and to equip us for the assignment, we ought to think enough of him to trust his seeing and by faith push and press, knowing that he's already prearranged the strength and the sign. In fact, that's what verse 10 and 11 and verse 12 speak. Verse 10 says, God says to Jeremiah, see, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of nations and of the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word, verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Jeremiah, now, now, after all of this this, this discussion and all of this instruction I've given you, what do you see? 
And Jeremiah said, I see a branch or shoot of an almond tree. Almond in Hebrew is shakad, S-H-A-K-A-D. And it means to watch or wait. When Jeremiah saw the almond tree and the blossoms on the branch of the almond tree, that means his spirit man had come alive. His spiritual eyes had opened. And now he was able to do business with God because he saw fulfillment of his destiny and his assignment, the walking out of his calling through the eyes of God and God's grace and mercy, God's power, and no longer through the eyes of his natural limitations, circumstances, and challenges, and the things he had been through. So look at first first, verse 11 again. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? In other words, Jeremiah, what do you see now? What do you see now, Jeremiah? Can you see what I'm seeing for you? That's what God was asking. That's why we can't walk this thing out without faith. Faith, 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 faith it, faith it, faith it. Keep pushing even when your body feels as if there's no strength left. Keep pushing because God says, I'm with you. God says, I'm your strength. I give strength to the weak. When you think you cannot keep going, God says, ask me. I'll give you the strength you need. I called you for an assignment you like. What is the proof that your assignment has already been finished in the mind and the heart and the will of God? Because he doesn't, Isaiah 46.10 says, he doesn't start or begin until he's done. In the new covenant, we're part of the finished works of Jesus Christ that we enter into by faith. And we rest in those finished works, knowing not by power, not by might, but by his spirit, the spirit of Christ working in us, that will bring us to the place of, of, of completion. Walk us through the valley of the shadow of death, causing us to fear no evil. We're not in this alone. I hear that beautiful psalm, Psalms 138. And whoever this is for, besides me, I love this psalm. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, the Lord will revive me. He shall stretch forth his hand against the wrath of my enemies, whether it's people, things, sicknesses, financial lack, depression, stress, problems in relationships, problems with your children. Listen to what the promise of the Lord is. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, the Lord will revive me. He will stretch forth his hand against the wrath of my enemies. The Lord will perfect, bring to perfection, bring to completion that which concerns me. He will not abandon the works of his hand. Wherever you are, in the listening audience, lift your hand and say, Father God, 
I am the work of your hand. He said, I started you because in eternity past, in, in my heart, in my mind, God said, I had already finished you. And now I'm walking you through what I finished. And it's beyond anything you could ever imagine or think. Above and beyond all that you might ask or think or imagine. He said, I'm going to bring it to pass because I placed the power in you. The word of God says in Ephesians 3.20, according to the power that is working in So verse 11 again, Jeremiah 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch. Jeremiah's spiritual eyes now, eyes of destiny, were opening, where he could now walk this thing out in harmony and divine alignment with God. Jeremiah said, I see a branch or shoot of an almond tree, the emblem of alertness, the Amplified says, and activity, blossoming in late winter. Blossoming, even though the environment and the circumstances say that it should not be able to happen. Then listen to verse 12, because the divine alignment had taken place. Jeremiah was no longer trying to, act, to, to assess the call in his life or the destiny assigned his life to be what God had said he would be, to do what God said he would do, to touch where God said he would touch. He was no longer assessing that through his own natural eyes and through the framework of his challenges, circumstances, and his, and his turbulent past. Verse 12, the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, yes, you have seen well, for I am alert, God said, and I am active. God says, and I am watching over my word to perform it. God told Jeremiah, I'm watching over my word. Again, the almond Almond in Hebrew is shakad, S-H-A-K-A-D. And it means to watch over or wait to be alert. It is time for us to yield and say, God, if you said it, I believe you. There's a passage in the Bible that speaks to this very, very intimately and very profoundly. The servant of Elisha, his name was Gehazi, he came to Elisha and he was, he was, he was in, in, under great stress because of what his natural eyes had seen. He said, alas, alas, oh, my master, look, 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 the hills are filled with the enemy. All kinds of enemies had come to try to harm. The Bible says something very, very interesting that speaks to Jeremiah's moment, and we all have those moments at times 
as our faith is maturing and as our experiences are codifying the fact God does whatever God wants to do and whatever God chooses to do in spite of the circumstances. That when God has made a promise, he personally watches over that promise, watches over that word to perform it. And we simply walk with him in faith until we see that thing manifest. But nothing glorifies God like our believing even when we can't see it with our natural eyes. So Gehazi came to Elisha and said, Master, what are we going to do? The hills are surrounded and filled with the enemy. And the Bible says Elisha simply said, he gave up a prayer to God. He said, Lord, he prayed, open his eyes. Now his natural eyes saw the circumstances. But you see, in Christ, God's people have more than one set of eyes. We have dual eyes. We have two consciousness, the natural man, but we have the spirit man. Spiritual eyes are able to see beyond the natural eyes. We have the God consciousness in us that is able to instruct our natural consciousness to the point that when Elisha prayed, the Lord opened his eyes, instantly the servant of Elisha, Gehazi's eyes were open, and uh, his natural eyes, yell saw still the enemy, but his spiritual eyes now being open saw the armies of God, the angels of God on assignment encircling the enemy, limiting the enemy from being able to harm God's people. And the Bible goes on to say that even though the enemy intended to harm Elisha, that what they did were to slaughter themselves. God is asking as we bring this to a close tonight in Jeremiah 1, as he did in Jeremiah 11, after he's instructed us in Jeremiah 4 4 and 5, that look what I've spoken concerning your life, stop arguing with me. I chose you. I knew everything that you would use as a limitation, and you would say that would prohibit you from doing what I called you to do. He said, but remember this, I chose you. I made you. I equipped you. I chose you. I set you apart for my use. I set you apart for me. A lot of the confusion in our circumstances will be alleviated when we realize that even though God created us to be a blessing to others, he primarily made us for himself. He made you for him, set you apart for him to get what he wants out of your life. And when he gets what he wants from you, guess what? Then everybody else gets blessed through you, by you. That's how it works. God is still, Jeremiah 1 and 12, watching over the word that he has decreed and declared over his people's lives. And he said, I'm performing it. I'm performing it. Brothers and sisters, beloved family, as we come to a close tonight in our short time together, I would ask you 
and, and encourage you to yield to God through Christ like never before. He only wants to do you good. You are so much more than what you've been through. You are so much more than the labels that have been placed on you or what people have called you. You are so much more than your failure, so much more than the sin, those wasted years that God God said in Joel 2, he'll restore. When you didn't know who you were, did not know your value in Christ, did not know the, the incredible destiny and purpose that caused God to create you for his glory. You are so much more. Remember, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10 and 10. But beloved, Jesus says, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. In fact, one translation says, to give you the life that overflows, all that he has, 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 has ordained to get out of your life. There's so much extra overflow that others are being blessed just by having the honor to know you and to deal with you. Let's end the madness. God didn't make a mistake. See yourself now, not through which, where you've been, but see yourself now through what God has spoken concerning you and what Jesus went to Calvary to redeem you for. You are so much more, and you are so incredibly valued and loved by God. People are depending on you, accepting what God has to say about you, moving beyond what tried to take you out and move on into what yet remains. Smarter, wiser, as Bishop Marvin Sapp said, and better than ever before. Father, you're so amazing. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come tonight. What an awesome, awesome time we've had with you tonight. You've spoken to us. We have heard you with our spiritual ears, causing our spiritual eyes to be open. Yes, indeed, we will not argue with you. They will not argue, they will not argue with you, Lord Jesus. I hear Psalms 41 and 11 saying, for these your precious people, by this I know that you favor me, Lord, because my enemies, whatever those things or people were, have not triumphed over me. They were born to make a difference, and they've been preserved for your glory and to fulfill the assignment and the calling and the destiny and the purpose entrusted to them. We pray that those who are listening who had not made a decision for you, Jesus, that wherever they are, they will pray this simple prayer and mean it in their hearts. If you're there and you want to accept Jesus Christ tonight as your Lord and Savior, or simply want to rededicate your life to him, say with me, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for your incredible sacrifice that saved me from my sins and from myself. 
I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come live in my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I might have the power to fulfill the assignment for which I was created. Let me glorify you and be a blessing to nations. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that. It's done. It's done. Glory to God. God bless you, my family. God bless you, Dr. King. What an enjoyable time I've had tonight. It has been amazing. It has been amazing. I thank God for you. Before you leave, I do want to talk a little bit about Saturday. This is exciting. This is our prelude to our Deep Wells 27. What can those who are streaming live or who are actually coming to the service, what can they expect, Apostle? They will expect, again, to hear about the faithfulness of God and the fact that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and in Second um, Corinthians four and ten, Christ's resurrection in us by the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that we are troubled on every side, but yet not in distress. We are perplexed and not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but never destroyed. Always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus in us that the resurrection of Jesus might also be made alive in us. Looking not at the things that are seen, or the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. God's people must understand that on their journey to the fulfillment of their purpose and plan, I will draw and attract serious opposition. But God has placed a resilience in them, an anointing for restoration, an anointing to bounce back and to come back from anything that would try to prevent them from fulfilling the great call on their lives. You know, Dr. King, I have been commissioned by God, nations, what's in you, the world still needs. As Dr. Miles Monroe, my mentor, taught nations, don't add to the wealth of the cemetery by taking what's in you to an early grave because you did not understand that your ashes are not your end. He's asking for the ashes, and he's promised to give us his beauty that only God can give. It's, it, 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 it's a movement, Deep Wells 2017, for those who have chosen to bounce back in life and not just take it laying down any longer. Hallelujah. Well, we want to remind you, if you are in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, it's going to be at Allen County War Memorial, and that is going to be at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and we will be streaming it live on Black Woman Empowered Incorporated and all of our pages. 
so you don't want to miss it. And Apostle, we thank you. Apostle will be teaching every Monday, so we ask that you tell a friend, tell a family member, a coworker, tell an enemy, whoever you can find that Apostle Underwood will be teaching every Monday. God bless you, Apostle. Thank you so much um, for just being a blessing to us, each and every one of us. <clears throat> Excuse me, your family. We love you, and uh, we thank God for you. We thank God for everyone that tuned in tonight, and just be encouraged and come back next Monday, same time, 8 o'clock p.m. God bless you, and have a great evening. <laughs>